When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Split Opinion with Flora Gill and Amber Rudd. Flora, I think you'll find it's Amber Rudd first and shouldn't you tell people who we are? Okay, uh, with journalist Flora Gill and failed politician Amber Rudd. (laughs) Or more like the right honourable Amber Rudd and her nobody daughter. Okay, wow, taking that to therapy. Each week we'll be discussing topics that split opinion and we'll be trying to convince each other to change their mind. That's right, because here at Split Opinion we think changing your mind should be celebrated. Too often today, people refuse to listen to the other side and have become very dogmatic in their positions. That's something I learned a lot about in the past few years in politics. So we'll be looking at items that have changed our mindset in the last week before picking a subject to delve into. Sometimes they'll be serious, like drug legalisation and prostitution. Other times they'll be less so, like telly and thongs. But we won't be doing it alone. We'll be joined by a guest, an expert, who can help each of us win our particular case. So without further ado, let's get started. So here we are on our fifth episode of Split Opinion. Today we're going to be talking about our main topics is based on weddings. Uh, Mum thinks that they've got too big, that the parties are too, too big, much. Too expensive. Whereas I basically like the big party and don't like all the traditional elements. But before then, to get us warmed up to the idea of changing our minds, uh, Mum and I are both going to talk about something that we've changed our minds on recently. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, the one I've been changing my mind on or has has been a new experience for me is I've been watching Mrs. America. I love that program. I knew you would. It's so up your street. Yes. But one of the things I find strange watching it is that I am finding it hard not to root for Kate Blanchett because she is so fabulous and she is definitely not really the goody. I think that's what's so clever about the program. Um, She definitely isn't the goody but Kate Blanchett plays her so sympathetically and she is so convincing that you think Really, she has a point. She has a point, even though I can't imagine ever believing that I wouldn't want something called the Equal Rights Amendment. Kate Blanchett makes you think that maybe she has an argument. She plays Phyllis Schlafly for anyone that's not watching it, and it's great. One of the other things that uh, I find really annoying about about the whole situation and actually I don't know why I asked if you watched it mum because I know you did because you gave me spoilers for it. You told me, I don't want to ruin it for anyone else, but you told me what the ending 
was going to be. Flora, anybody who knows anything about equal rights knows that the US didn't get the Equal Rights Amendment through. Spoilers! And, um, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a complete spoiler. It's just history, for goodness sake. I thought you were feminist. I thought you'd know this sort of thing. I just, there's t- some little details. I just, I, I, I guess I don't know. I guess I was missing this. Um, I, I say it annoyed at you, but I was um, a couple years ago at... Uh, at the at a secret cinema. Have you ever been to a secret cinema? I haven't, but I've heard they're great fun. If yeah. I can ever find one. Exactly, they're great. So I went to one that was Romeo and Juliet. And as we were sitting down about to have our picnic outside uh, watching the film, uh, an American family had overheard me talking about how Juliet was going to die at the end. And they absolutely shouted at me for ruining the ending. <laughs> which so funny. I, I, don't, I think that is fair enough. I don't think you can... How can you not know the ending of Romeo and Juliet? Maybe I'm sounding you really You mustn't snobby. make assumptions. It's like the Radio Times once got into huge trouble because it was in the middle of the serialisation of Pride and Prejudice. And before it had finished, they put a picture on the front page of the wedding, the wedding between Darcy and Elizabeth Bennet. And some people were objecting that that was a spoiler alert. They didn't know that actually it had a happy ending and they got married but it's difficult now especially when tv shows are released all at once or they're not released week to week at what point has it been long enough that you're allowed to tweet or talk about a spoiler like can we now i think it's fair now there game of thrones spoilers don't exist you can spoil away online like what is then we we need rules there needs to be a rule of you have to have watched this show within this amount of time before it's fair game online yes i agree with that new code of conduct the last one that i really cared about was game of thrones where the release was genuinely week by week so that that really mattered but now as you say they're all released en masse it doesn't really have the same impact so what have you uh, been thinking about changed your mind on recently do you know flora there's an important date coming up Ooh. and it's august the first and it happens to be ring any bells it does that is mum's birthday yeah, it is. <laughs> and i used to not really care about my birthday it's, it was yesterday by the way yeah yesterday it's confusing i used to not really care about birthdays i mean i used to care about birthdays as a child because all children care about their own birthdays but once you become a parent and you're looking after your children and then you're looking after your children uh, on your own and it's all quite overwhelming and so your own birthday becomes sort of immaterial you kind of get through it each year but it doesn't really get any attention because life is too full and now my children are grown up and largely left the nest I'm bringing my birthday right back to the centre and I'm going to make it a really big feature each year and you're invited to my uh, dinner this week Flora oh, so, 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 so glad and, and a few others although obviously within limited numbers but I'm going to change my mind about birthdays and really celebrate mine every year hopefully yeah. with a bit of help I I am um, uh, I always care massively about my birthday but I think one of the reasons I'm so focused on my birthday is that I'm born only 2 days before Christmas and as a result there was always such a danger of people merging it with Christmas It's so tempting. Yeah, that is unacceptable behavior. That would have I would have been right gone off with the other parent. And the the fury, the fury from you if I ever gave you a birthday present separate to the Christmas present but inadvertently wrapped in Christmas Mm-mm. paper was out of all proportion. Yeah, unacceptable. Yeah. Not that. Yeah, don't anybody ever do that. But interestingly, that uh, subject is quite uh, topical for today's big subject because weddings are what you think. They've just become big parties and that you think is too much. So tell me why you think that. Well, I just feel that weddings should be the public manifestation of the private commitment between two people. We mustn't lose sight of the fact that this is a sacrament. It's such an important event, two people, two families. I'm sure that Father Gillian uh, will be able to tell us more about the kind of the, the religious importance of that. But I worry that it's just become a really 
big industry where all it's about is the big party and the actual union, the really important commitment gets lost inside it. What did you do for your wedding? Um, I had a small wedding in a church and a party outside in London. It was all, you know, quite modest. By today's standards, it was very inexpensive. The highlight, really, uh, one of the talking piece of the wedding, really, was the fact that your father had made the cake and he'd made it in the bath. Oh, my God. He'd mixed up all the wonderful fruit, etc., in it, the bath because he didn't have a big enough mixer. I don't think he actually... Was it got, a new bath? It was a clean bath. So it was your bath? It was our bath. Oh, God. But it was clean. He didn't actually get in the bath and mix it up. Can but it, it ever be that clean? Oh, my God. In the bath, mixing it with you. That's exactly what he did. It was, it was absolutely delicious. <laughs> um, what do you think the average cost of a wedding is now? So I know yours only cost a few thousand. Although yep. inflation, that's probably worth less money. Inflation means it's worth more money. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, but uh, average cost of wedding, I know some people spend an epic amount on it. I mean, the sort of amounts that would be the deposit on a house. So I imagine the average cost must be about ten or 15,000. No, it was in 2009, the average cost was 20,000 British pounds. So yeah. then you would have been close. But in 2018, which is the last figures I have, it was up to about 32,000 pounds. So it has that's a huge increase in 10 years. Huge increase. And I just wonder whether it's the right thing for people to spend their money on. Two young people getting married, starting their lives... Should they spend all that money on the event when they can have the wedding, have the commitment, small number of people around them and still get married and then have a bit of change left for their lives? Do you know what I found the other day? What? I was uh, looking through our your mother's old house, my grandma's, and I found your wedding dress. My wedding dress? Yeah. I thought Granny said she'd thrown it away. I think she lied and said she threw it away because she was angry at your marriage getting thrown away. But in yes. reality, had secretly kept it. Um, well, I, I actually put it on and then answered the door to my boyfriend in it <laughs> as a real Miss Havisham moment. That must have given him a shock. Yeah, he turned about as white as the dress. Have you still got it? Yeah, yeah, I've got it. And how does it fit on you? It's a, a tiny bit loose. Oh, that's a bit annoying. But I, I think I might have been hidden in it as well when there, you wore there it. There is that. There so, is that. So that's excusable. Well, I must. Uh, we must have another look at it, Flora, and perhaps see if it can be used for anything else. I should have done this podcast in it. Should have sat here and worn it. I would have loved that. And so, what is your issue with weddings, Flora? My m- main issue is that I think the whole concept of weddings is kind of dripping in sexism and patriarchal ideas. Um, I think almost every aspect of, of a wedding is meant to clarify that the woman the woman is property and being handed over from one man to another. And therefore, I should be against it in its entirety. But really, I love a big party. So I'm OK with that part. But I, I think a lot of the elements of it, the traditional elements, are really problematic. But I, aren't there, isn't that all being adapted now so that you get not just a best man but a best woman so you get the women making the speeches as much as the men there's an equality in it even though it's based on the old patriarchal structures yeah there's there's some of those there's definitely ways you can adapt them but mostly it's still asking the parents permission even if you're also asking the mother you're still asking the parents permission then you're getting given away even if you're adding an extra parent and then you're still having as you said often all the men giving speeches i hate the whole throwing the bouquet so that all the single ladies can clamber to be the next one to luckily get their shot at it there's just so many different that women wears white to symbol their virginity don't they and, and I, I wouldn't bother 
<laughs> I can't believe you're suggesting <laughs> of all the things. Um, I just think that there's so many... I, some of them, like you said, the best man. Traditionally, I know that was so that the man... You had a man there with a sword in case the woman decided to... Say the family decided to take back the bride or someone else came to uh, claim I, I thought it was so that there was somebody there, the best man, in case the groom didn't turn up so that she could get married to him. That's also not great. It's also not great, I agree. I agree with you. There is a kind of... There is a sexism about it originally... And I hope that most of that has been washed out of it. Even though some of it is still there, I would just be cautious, if I were you, Flora, about throwing the baby out with the bathwater, as it were. What are you going to replace it with? The registry office on its own, none of the rest of the structures around it. Be careful, because all those elements around it can make it very special when you reflect back on it. Okay, well, let's uh, bring on some of our guests to help us... uh talk about it a bit further yes they've got a bit more experience than we do singers i have a uh long-term boyfriend who's probably terrified right now and you did have a wedding but it's fair to say it it didn't didn't result in a very long marriage it didn't but that's not the point the point was the wedding was honest at the time i love that you're all about the traditional elements and the you know keeping all the the traditions alive and and they didn't work very okay, well you're, you're, you're brutal Flora brutal, brutal. So we tried let's, let's bring on the next guest the exactly. first guest okay hello Gillian hello how good to see you <laughs> what a treat lovely to see you and thank you so much for oh, joining God. us So we're doing this uh, discussion about weddings and we are disagreed, we have disagreed on why weddings are taking place and what form they're taking at the moment. And so I was hoping you would be my guest today and sort of potentially agree with me, but perhaps I should just say who you are so our readers, our readers, our listeners know, which is you were our local vicar at St Mary Abbott's and Flora and I were active participants uh, Flora, in fact, was actually a boat girl for a while. I think was there such a thing as a boat girl? She was, a, she was really a, more, more a, yes, a, a light. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do the, the the boat so much because it would make me faint. I was very, very old fashioned woman who would just pass out. The incense. Girl. Yeah, the incense exactly. So, so, Gillian, tell us what you're up to now and whether you're still doing weddings. I think you might be, and um, what your view is of how they have evolved over the past few years. Yes. In my time, my 40 years, I guess you might say, of ministry, uh, what changes did I see in weddings? They did get uh, bigger and bigger. I think that statistically they got fewer and fewer because uh, more and more weddings took place in secular uh, settings. Of course, there were massive changes in the law that made that possible. Uh, so, you know, you can you can get a license for your garden shed to be a venue for weddings if you want. So the, um, it's, uh, you know, yes, the... I have seen the whole uh, aspect of the once-in-a-lifetime party element becoming more and more and more uh, significant in people's thinking about it. Uh, I mean, it was always there, and it's, in many ways, it, it jolly well should be. It's a terrific thing to celebrate, and it's wonderful that it should be the occasion you get uh, your family 
and your friends together. And one of the things that I always do, I haven't prepared either of you for a wedding, but you know, who knows, the time will come. Uh, it's, it's by no means just about the couple. It's actually a profoundly social occasion because, and it is about saying that this new relationship that I'm entering into affects you because it means that you will now relate to me uh, different or to us differently. Because we're, we're, we're um, I often say it's almost sort of Shakespearean. You know, I, I'm very keen on this notion at the end of the service of the two families um, intermarrying, you know, so, so they, they go out, they pair up. And that seems to me that's a really powerful image of what's gone on here. It's not just the two people themselves being joined together. They've actually, uh, my image is that they've twisted the kaleidoscope and now there's a new picture. There's a new image. They've created something different. Uh, that's without even bringing God into it, which is quite important to me. Um, but so th th there's a really big thing. Why a church wedding? religion of course god yes also because you are then joining in the great procession of all those who've been married in that place uh, in many cases down the centuries and i think for many couples that's a big big thing and i think uh, moving away from church weddings uh, means it cuts you off from that have you had any requests at weddings where you've had to say mm, no i don't think so do you ever find that... yes all the time <laughs> like what what do you put your well you know you, you you both know how exceptionally unpleasant i am and how eager <laughs> i am to say no it, you know what the, the clergy's first word is always no you can't do that no 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 um well let me say one of the, the most crucial things which has happened recently in recent years is the way that wedding planners have taken over oh yes and in my view the vast majority of wedding planners take their concept of the perfect wedding from watching Hollywood films. And so the traditions of the English marriage are being almost entirely swamped by uh, the conventions of the United States wedding, where you have this appalling slow march thing at the beginning with all the bridesmaids first, quite an improper uh, bridesmaids, you know, ladies in waiting follow the queen. They don't they, you know, get it right. They're there to carry the train. Um, it, it, you know, there's all sorts of ways in which there is a particular so, kind some of, of our, wedding. If I may say, some of our traditions are rather extraordinary too. Uh, weddings had to, if they don't, I'm not sure, still have to, take place before 5pm so that the groom yes. can be sure of seeing of course, the bride. Of uh, you, you, you go to a country church with a couple of, uh, you've got, you can't have a clue what's going on. You, know, you, you really need to make sure that you're not marrying her aunt or the, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're, they're palming off an older and rather less attractive sister. No, it has to be done by daylight. It's entirely practical. Uh, not quite nowadays. Most churches have got electric lighting. So this was, this was a lot of when we were having this debate earlier when we started it, me and mum. One of the concerns that I have is that there seems to be a lot of sexist imagery from olden days of, you know, the father giving away the bride and all that stuff. How do you handle that when you're, do you just think it's a fresh, the, that doesn't apply anymore? Is it something that you've had to think about in your role? Very much so. And it's something which I, I very much enjoy talking to bride and groom about. I, I talk about this is a tradition that used to take place. Actually doesn't have to at all now. Um, uh, you don't have to be given away at all. But there is the concept of leaving one set up to start a new unique one. And it, for all its faults, it was a way of symbolizing that. And it's interesting to me, the kind of couples who want to come for a church wedding anyway, a surprising number of them 
do quite like that symbolism. Might well not be the father who gives it. It could be the mother. It could be, it could be an aunt. It could be but a significant person or a significant friend. This business of, of the, and you know, sometimes you always, the, you know, always try to get the, the best men to do the same with, with the groom, because you know, they're, they're handing over from what has been uh, the set of relationships to say, but from now on, it's different. Do any brides actually say love, honour and obey? To my astonishment, yes. I mean, I, 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 I always say don't do that. But, you know, <laughs> it's their choice. Uh, no, it, it's very interesting. I, I've had some in, in recent years who said, no, I want the old words. Isn't, isn't, that, isn't that weird? It is slightly. I'm not sure, I'm not sure that, that any of them will really uh, believe in the meaning. Maybe they just want the old words, as you say, rather than the, the meaning behind them. There's a great deal of that that goes on uh, with, with weddings. Yes, it's actually, let's do the tradition without, the, it's not the mean that, that they want the words. But as I say, it's absolutely not the direction in which I point them. No, quite right, yeah. Uh, is, is, is doing weddings, is that something that is one of the most fun parts of your job or is it something that is a bit, oh, got to do this? It can be a bit of both. And um, mostly it's an immense privilege to, to enter into um, a couple who, of course, might be very old. I mean, I've married very, very old people in their 80s you know, who finally wanted to be you know, at the end of their lives. Just, and that's very moving indeed. Um, but, uh, but to enter, to share that is very powerful. But sometimes it can be uh, pretty much hell, actually, because sometimes there is um, family pressure on one or both sides, which is almost unbearable. And one of my roles is to help to navigate people through that. And um, sometimes I feel that even the decision to marry is, some, is something which is almost being forced on people, or you know, not, not far short of it, or at least all the pressure is there. Um, and sometimes, of course, I'm afraid very often with uh, our complex families nowadays, a wedding absolutely you know, chucks the uh, match in the powder keg of, you know, invite him to the wedding if, if uh, this former uh, wife or this former you know whatever it might be uh, if, if you think they're coming then don't don't expect me to be there that can be very difficult but the worst thing of all for a priest is working with a couple when you think you're you're too young you don't know who you are yet and i'm pretty certain from my own instinct that as you grow you're going to grow apart because you know you are very you're very young and i think that you're quite unformed as people and i'm pretty certain that although you absolutely mean what you're doing at this moment i think in three or four years time you you'll look at each other and think who's this and i i want to know um i think my final question is what advice do you have for anyone that's planning a wedding or it has potentially a lot of people now have had to delay their wedding for a year or starting married what what advice do you give them oh gosh it depends entirely on them it, it's for some people the actual um exchanging of vows the you know say we're married is is so powerful that i say right we'll, fi we'll find a way to do it we'll do it any way you like for other people it's uh, it, it, the, the, the big thing of uh, getting all your family, all your friends together. It's really, really significant, a big part of it. And in, in that case, I say, OK, well, 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 wait, there are different patterns. One can, you can come up with something, but it, it do doesn't seem to me that it's a one-size-fits-all thing. And the one thing that I try to make really, really clear is a church wedding doesn't mean a big wedding. Yeah. A church wedding can be the couple and two witnesses and you can then go to the pub for a drink afterwards. And no one has to wear special clothes. No, you know, the, it, it, you can actually come as you are 
and we um, I have conducted some such weddings, and they've been profoundly moving and absolutely true to the people. It, you know, the church wedding doesn't have to be the great big wedding. It, they, they can be both. They can be either. Well, thank you so much, Gillian. It was lovely to see you again, looking so well. And uh, it's good to have an opportunity to remind Flora of her... Uh, commitment to the church and her so. loyal activity alongside you for so many years for writing the nativity play. Well, I, was, I wanted to make I wanted to make sure that was that got in there that first nativity play. No, it's, a, it's very important to me that you did that. Well, that was great to hear from Father Gillian. I think he made a really good case for having a church wedding. I know it's not for everybody, but if people are Christian, I think he probably engages in a really constructive way with the couple. And then you've got the fabulous building, the fabulous building, which is the church, which anybody can go to, irrespective of the cost. I think you're being you're being very nostalgic. And that's lovely because I think the church was an important part of uh, our growing up and, and of my childhood but I don't think for example that I would get married in a big church really? I don't think so I I mean they are beautiful and I do love looking around them looking at the art but I don't really think they represent me and my future and my relationship anymore I think they they seem quite old fashioned Wow well you've moved a long way from the girl who handled the sacrament handled the candles and even wrote the nativity play in rhyming couplets I hope that um Gillian isn't so interested in hearing from you again, Flora, that he goes and Googles some of your more recent pieces. Yeah, Father Gillian, please stop reading after the rhyming couplets yes. nativity play. It only goes downhill from there. It gets a little bit more detailed. We really don't want him looking there. <laughs> <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to Split Opinion. We've been discussing weddings. Mum thinks that they're over-the-top lavish parties, uh, or that's the element that needs to be readdressed, whereas I have more issue with the some of the tradition that seems steeped in sexism. Joining us now, we have Laura Lambert, who's a founder of a uh, modern engagement ring company and is part of the evolving wedding culture of moving away from the traditional sides and looking at uh, new ways to celebrate. Sorry that you guys can't see me. Um, I end up working in the bedroom because Bart has stolen the main room so um i just feel a bit but i take is your fiance not your dog yeah no the dog would be in here with me don't be don't be silly um god you really hit the nail on the marital head that's uh that's the big uh debate we have so let me just start by saying that we're joined by laura lambert who's the founder of fenton and co which makes colorful and ethical engagement rings and uh one of the things that's interesting about the engagement rings and one of the 
the reasons uh, we wanted to have you on is because they're not traditional diamond engagement rings that uh, have so often, as far as I've seen, uh, been more common. And I want to know why you uh, don't do diamond rings as, as a focus. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really that we saw this gap in the market very early on that diamonds, A, they're very expensive. Um, you know, coloured gemstones are much more reasonably priced. And B, I think I we started to sort of really see this trend that people wanted to be individual and they didn't necessarily want to have an engagement ring that looked like everyone else's. For me, it's not that I don't think diamonds are lovely. They're very nice, but not everyone can afford them. And I think that people want to have a more personal experience and an object at the end of the day to symbolise their love. I always feel so sorry for men that they're put under such pressure to spend so much money as what is just a symbol, let's face it. And this idea of three months of their salary, whoever came up with that? I agree with you. I feel really sorry for boys. Um, I have a younger brother and he just looks at me. He's only 23 still, so hopefully a while off, but he looks at me with terror in his eyes um, when he sort of says, I don't even have a salary. What do you think three months? You know, instead of, I think we put a lot of pressure on on men and on the couple, in fact. I know couples who have, held off getting engaged because the man was so scared about spending enough on the engagement ring, which is not what you want when you just want to get on with your life, is it? But I know I know that as well, you've done a lot of uh, research on what traditions uh, people do and do want in their weddings and prioritise around uh, their engagements uh, and weddings. And it'd be great if you could let us know some of your, your findings. Uh, so one of my favourite ones, which you um, pulled out when I sent this to you, was that um, almost 80% of people want to be walked down the aisle. But then in the comments we saw, it wasn't necessarily by their father. And they said, I want to be walked down, but I'm not being given away. I'm just being walked. And I think that's a comment on footwear trends. On footwear trends? I think, you know, I just think when I think about getting married, the idea of walking for like a good three minutes in front of a room full of people I know in six inch heels in a floor length (laughs) dress. I'm like, yes, I'm hanging on to something. (laughs) No, I think that's true. I think there is a practical purpose in being walked down the aisle. If you're wearing great big high shoes, you want to have an elbow to hold on to. Laura's lying. I've seen her dance in heels. She's fine. (laughs) Yeah, but I might be emotional. Also, it's quite nice just being cuddle walked, you know, places, which is essentially how I see that. But um, all figures. I mean, I've been to lovely weddings where there was a parent on either arm. And that was rather sweet, actually. I was going to say, it's interesting to see the evolution of... Uh, patterns that were sexist uh, or patriarchal etc into something which is different but similar but more egalitarian do you think that's what's happening with the rings particularly I think a hundred percent that's what's happening because essentially the point of engagement rings back in the day was that if your husband died you had something of value that you could cash in Um, and also you had a visible stamp of look at me I'm taken um, and his wealth and his status And now it's actually just a really lovely gesture that, you know, it's an object that you look at every day and you feel that the person who gave it to you loved you and that you are loved. And then you give it to your children and they pass it on. And it's a sort of lasting symbol of the fact that you loved each other. So I think with a lot of these traditions, actually, to your point, there's an element of people taking the emotional meaning out of it, but leaving the um, the kind of uh, sort of societal monetary baggage out of it um do you think the focus has shifted to for the younger generation or the newer generation of uh people getting married to care more about the ethics about sustainability about those different elements especially when i know you know thinking about engagement rings that there are so many issues with diamonds and making sure that they're yeah conflict diamonds exactly well actually um 
you know, we obviously are very careful to make sure that all of our diamonds are purchased through responsible suppliers. But, um, you know, conflict gemstones are a much bigger issue than conflict diamonds because the diamond supply chain is quite streamlined. Whereas, you know, you can go into many uh, jewelers in, in London, all over the UK, and they'll say, this is Burmese, this is Colombian. And they won't question what um, either the government might be doing with funds that are received from that mining or the conditions that go into that mining. So it's um, conflict gemstones is a sort of huge unturned stone if you will pardon the really bad metaphor but I think um I think people are starting to care in general a huge amount more about where their products come from and they're realizing that they can't just trust brands blindly to do what is not only in their best interest but in the best interest of the people making the products and I feel like with an engagement ring that's such a personal happy object it's very odd for that to have come from a place of sadness or misery or exploitation yeah. Um, so we hear we hear our customers say that a lot that the object of their love needs to be happy. And Laura, you had to. You are engaged, but you're one of the uh, many many people across the country that have had to delay your wedding because of uh, COVID. How's that been? Has that been miserable or is it okay? How have you felt about all that? Honestly, it's it's been all right because I think um, you know the in some ways marriage now is not so much about or for me at least it it hasn't been about a huge lifestyle change we already live together we spend all our time together you know um there, there may have been carnal things that have occurred already oh my god don't <laughs> tell your mother <laughs> my ears laura it's fine it's fine they won't listen to this i'm sure no they're avid listeners um <laughs> but uh so you know in a way that i think for a lot of people as well in our generation weddings have shifted from being something about duty a bit towards something about celebration and you know, in the midst of everything that's been going on, I don't think anybody feels like it's the right time for a celebration. And to be honest, you know, I I am happy not to be having a wedding given everything that's happening. And I'm much more looking forward to sort of, I don't know, like, you know, I was on the phone to my grandpa today. I'm sort of more looking in a kind of six week scenario of when can I see my grandpa yeah. again properly. It's interesting to hear from Laura about how uh, so many of the people she's spoken to see weddings, these elements of weddings evolving. Um, and that there seems to be a bit of a divide between people that want the traditions and people that don't see the need to them. I was surprised so many people were thinking about not wearing white, for example, which I haven't seen in person in any wedding I've attended. What I'm hearing from her is that the business that she's got, for instance, on these fantastic engagement rings and her experience of going to other people's weddings is that they're moving on from what we call the traditional wedding, but they're using it, the structure as the base to make it their own in a different way. They're adding new interesting exactly. things. I also thought she was pretty chilled about the fact that she's had to postpone her way to wedding i mean i understand that she hasn't had a choice in that but still it's been it, obviously she hasn't sort of reacted badly to that experience and i mean i'd like to know whether that's a general view or not from other people and how that's affected the whole industry that is wedding planning yeah well luckily we've got our next guest coming up to speak about just that so we'll be joined by sarah haywood who is a world leading party planner and events designer she was ranked number one uh, recently in international wedding planners by vogue usa for the second year running as well as harper's bazaar 2020 top wedding planners in the world she's written multiple books uh the wedding bible wedding bible planner and it's just a general wedding expert i think that's the best way to summarize it great let's do it 
Oh my god, real people actually together. <laughs> oh my god. We were having a uh, conversation earlier uh, with uh, our priests because mine and mum's disagreements, we kind of differ in what we prioritise. And interestingly, the uh, priest that we were talking to was a bit a bit anti-wedding planners, I would say. He was a bit like, you know, they, they get involved and make it all Hollywood and about kind of the priorities they've seen. Do you, do you ever have clashes with with priests or with other people vicars darling sorry vicars to be honest no and you don't have to have a wedding planner when you plan your own wedding but if you're time deprived it might be a good idea it takes us several hundred hours to plan every single wedding and not because it's rocket science but because there's an awful lot to do so if you need some professional help You can. And I think it's under 10% of couples who have the service of a professional wedding planner. So we're not talking about huge numbers of people. I mean, I would hazard that having a wedding planner takes away some of the strain between the mother-in-law and the bride and the other mother. (laughs) It's quite an old-fashioned view. No, I think it's it's a very modern view. No. (laughs) (laughs) I am actually a therapist practising without a (laughs) licence. And I do spend a lot of my time really being the earpiece and trying to bring people together. And, and weddings are occasions that are loaded with expectation. You know, it is a big moment when you say, I'm going to be with this person, come what may, for better or worse. And I'm very curious that in the modern world, people still do it because you don't have to do it now. It's quite a good idea too for tax reasons, but apart from that, you old romantic you don't have to do it. <laughs> it's interesting what you were saying about the fact that we don't have to get married anymore. Really, like we were talking to uh, Laura earlier, who who was getting married, who was saying that um, she's had her wedding delayed, but actually, you know, in the past that might have meant staying at home with your parents and not having an extra year to move in. Whereas actually now her circumstances aren't really going to change after she gets married she's already living with her fiance it's 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 more of a party and a celebration but interestingly a lot of those old school traditional elements the ones that i sometimes have a problem with because i think a lot of them are quite sexist people still seem to want to keep them people still seem to want to throw a bouquet and be walked down the aisle by the man of the house. Is is that something you've seen less of or has it changed or is it still important? I am starting to see both parents walk a bride down the aisle or sometimes one of their children because often there's, you know, many second marriages and at the level that we work at, quite a few of the people that that we're working with are second or third time around. Um, I am seeing that. And I think that the pe- the reason people still do uh, the traditional side of it is the tradition of it and the symbolism behind these things. And it is a wonderful moment. I mean, you, I can just about remember the day I walked down the aisle and uh, my father being with me. And I will I, I will treasure that memory always. It was a wonderful, I remember the ride in the car I remember us standing at the top of the aisle and I remember him squeezing my hand when we got to the other end. And it is, it, it is one of those things that I do really remember. And it's wonderful to still have these moments where busy life is stripped away and we're down to who the essence of who we are and the things that are really important to us. But whether you have to spend large sums of money doing that is, of course, another question. Do you become cynical doing second and third weddings or are they just as 
joyful. Sometimes what I love about them is the meaning behind them. Because there's, as my husband says, getting married for the second or more time is the triumph of hope over experience. And yeah, if you've done it before, divorce is no laughing matter. It's very painful. And to expose yourself again to disappointment is a very brave thing to do. And to do it publicly, I think, is very brave. So sometimes those ceremonies are absolutely wonderful with children doing readings or giving their mum away. Um, Speeches, some of the most wonderful speeches I've ever heard have been children speaking about being pleased that one or other of their parents has found happiness and love again. Um, And so I sometimes feel I'm right at the heart of really what life is all about, which is for most of us, it is about family. Even though, obviously, because of uh, the COVID crisis, so many weddings have been cancelled, they're being postponed till next year. And where people used to have weddings on a Saturday, they're now having to have them during the week. So there's a reasonable optimism that they're not just taking place quietly. There are still going to be events next week, which next year, sorry, which will replace the ones that didn't take place this year. So commercially, there may be an opportunity to do twice as many next year. Is that possible? Um. I hope so. The difficulty that my industry faces, if industry is even the word, is, as I said earlier, we're not really taken very seriously and we're a seasonal industry. So, for example, my last event was last November and here we are nearly in August. I expect it to be quiet over the winter, although normally we do get something sort of February, March, but there was no confidence for that this year. And I don't know whether I should bring my staff back from furlough because we could present, we could produce weddings in October, November and December. And I haven't even mentioned, you know, the 250,000 couples who were due to get married this summer. Uh, by the end of June, we were at nearly 74,000 weddings postponed or cancelled. We must be at over 100,000 now. We're coming up to the most popular month. We're going to get to around about 200,000 couples. That's nearly half a million people That's whose huge. plans are just paralysed. But And I also do understand the flip side of that. Weddings and social celebrations could be super spreaders. You do interact differently at a wedding or a party than you do down the pub. You know, even if there's, you know, 60, 70 people at the pub, they're not all cross-fertilising, if that's quite a vulgar expression. But that is what happens at weddings. And I would hazard a guess that that's what they're very frightened about. Certainly Independent Sage has said that. And the idea that a bride isn't going to go and hug and kiss all her friends, they will say that they won't. But I can't get people to sit down for the meal at the beginning of a wedding, let alone stop them hugging and kissing and dancing. And also, most of the people discussing this are men. And this is an industry pretty much run by women. Yeah. So you, you've I find that's my favourite well. subject. Which is that there aren't enough women in there aren't enough women in government at the top making decisions and therefore we get poor decision making. And you like Boris he should care. He's got he's got a wedding to plan, hasn't he? Well, he's had two weddings so far he's and he's got a third one he's got to plan now. He's got to plan his third one. Or maybe this is all a big delaying tactic. Who knows? 
Um, can I just ask you one last question, which is about one of the trends that's different now to what it was, I don't know, 20 or 30 years ago. The business about young people getting uh, engaged and then, well, Flora told me about a friend of hers who got engaged and she said they're doing it really quickly. They're going to get married in a year's time. And in my day, that wasn't quickly. That was incredibly slow. This business about planning over a year or two years, an event which is so dramatic, it requires that sort of planning. That is a new trend, really. And why, why do you think it's come about? I think it's to do with women working and the mother of the bride working. Um, as I said before, none of it's rocket science, but there is rocket science, but there's an awful lot to do. Just managing a guest list. Yes. And these days, nobody RSVPs. You can't remember. In the old days, you would really remember if you sat down and wrote, it's yes, true. I'm coming, and you put it in a post box. Now you can't even remember if you sent the email. So there's all that going on. And I, I do remember sort of in my mother's day, you know, the, 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 the mother of the bride held the, the gift list and you phoned up to find out whether they wanted a fruit bowl or a toaster. Um, and these days... You know, there's a there's a little card, apparently, my, my clients don't do this, but there's a little card you can put in from the department store that tells you the gift registry number. So it may have gone sort of too far the other way, but I do think it's everybody's Hollywood moment. Yes. It's an opportunity for you to live like a movie star yes. for a day. And hooray for that. Yes, do you ever hooray. Ha- do you ever so I was looking the looking earlier about how I think like 40% of weddings go over budget. Do you ever have to talk to talk, talk to your clients and go you need to be, are you sure you want to be spending all this money? Or Oh, yes. This is another thing. Things cost money. And I don't understand why people are so irresponsible about educating themselves about what things cost. If you're going to invite 100 people for a sit-down, three-course meal, which is going to be preceded by some kind of fizzy drink <laughs> with canapes and possibly an open bar afterwards... Try doing that at Pizza Express. You know, <laughs> what do you think it would cost? You know, just put that as an example. What do you yes. think it would cost you per head to have a drink in Pizza Express, something to nibble, a three-course meal, wine alongside, a coffee afterwards, and then another drink? Cost that up. You know? And then you think, oh, why, why, you know, why doesn't it cost £50? Well, because you want so much. <laughs> Yes. So what's what's so so many people have had to delay their weddings and are delaying their weddings until next year. What is your key piece of advice for anyone now that's planning a wedding? I think right now I would be cautious about what might or might not be allowed before a vaccine or a treatment is found. We are although we don't want to hear it, we are hearing that social distancing measures will be in place until this virus works itself through or there's a treatment or vaccine. So I would be thinking about that and I would be making wise decisions about what I commit to. And maybe one of the good things that will come out of this time is we've had a lot of time at home thinking about what's important to us. And maybe it isn't such a bad thing to be thinking about the meaning of the day and what part of it is actually important and why you're celebrating. I mean, I understand there's a concept of one event going on in the day and then some kind of evening event where you have to put on more food to feed all the people that you're only inviting in the evening. Who are these people? They're the B list. So they don't need to be there, do they? (laughs) I never want to be on that list. Never want to be on the B list. (laughs) 
so that was great hearing from a actual wedding expert. Um, I did think while we were talking about it, I suddenly forgot that you you were an expert because weren't you aristocracy advisor coordinator on for weddings and a funeral? Oh my god, for you're outing me. Uh, for something I did in my 20s and chases me round in terms of my former political career and everything else. True, I did have a tiny, tiny role in Four Weddings and a Funeral. Actually, I was just one of the extras with a lot of other people. And and actually, you may not know this, Flora, but you were there too. But you got cut, even though you were one of the lovely little kids at the wedding dancing around in a beautiful little sailor dress. <laughs> for some reason, they cut you from the actual show. Brutal. They obviously didn't want me stealing the limelight, yeah. shining this beauty all over. My favourite was um, at one point when you went on IMDb, you actually appeared on IMDb and then your trivia was Home Secretary. <laughs> Sounds very good. That's a question of priorities, isn't it? Exactly. Quite right, to be honest. My, it's, I still get people some, suddenly pausing for weddings and a funeral, spotting you and sending me photos of the screen, which yeah. is just hilarious. I like the idea I'm still recognisable from then. It was a long time ago. So Flora, is there anything you think you've changed your mind on now we've heard from our three great experts on weddings? Uh, Yeah, I think it made me feel more okay with the elements of tradition that even though some of them I wouldn't have, that they don't have to be about that, that uh, they don't have to have their past tied up in them. I liked what Father Gillian was saying about how, um, how it's not just about your partner giving you away, it's about going from having one, being in one family situation to being in another and the families joining, which seemed very lovely. Um, It was interesting hearing from Laura on the way that the weddings have kind of, a lot of people are seeing the weddings evolve and adapt. Um, And I think speaking to Sarah, I agree that if people want to have a big party, they should be allowed to have a big party. Quite right. Each Um, to their own, really. Exactly, each to their own. Actually, there is one major element that we've spoken about, which I have decided that I definitely would like to have. Oh, good, good. Yes, perhaps I can walk you down the aisle. Uh, No, thank you. But similarly, I think you should pay for the wedding. Oh, I better start saving right now, I think, then. You've been listening to Split Opinion with Flora Gill and Amber Rudd. It's a Wireless Studios production for Times Radio, produced by Ben Mitchell. Tune in to Times Radio every Sunday at 7pm to hear us live. And you can download the podcast to listen on demand. We're available at Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and from the shiny new Times Radio app.